welcome back to another episode of Sister Friend the Podcast. Today is a very special episode. I am here. It's just me. Tishana's not with me today, but I do have a special guest. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Octavia Barnes, or I go by OG Barnes, whichever you want to call me is fine. Okay, so today is a very special episode because I wanted to talk about something that's personal to me, and it'll probably be personal to a lot of my followers. I want to talk about feminine wellness, but not in the way that people may think. Um, I feel like right now in society, we're very liberal in the way that we speak about sex and how we talk about women's health and the state of our feminine well-being. But I feel like there are still some stigmas about um, how we should care for ourselves or things that should be discussed amongst women and within our relationships with men. And also our approach in caring for ourselves as women. Like we're very into being out there and open about our sexuality and the parts that we have as women, but we're still kind of stigmatic in how we approach it holistically, our actual well-being and health. And that's why I wanted to talk to Octavia because she is very um, well-practiced in the holistic approach of feminine divinity. Oh wow! <laughs> like that. You don't think you I'm like, ooh, that gave me some chills. Yes, I received okay. all of that. <laughs> all right, so we have some questions here. Um, I just okay. want to talk about, and I guess we'll just get right into it. So the first Let's thing is vaginal odor. Okay. Okay, so first of all, should the vagina smell like anything, period? (laughs) That is a very, very great question. I believe in our society we have this misconception that we're always supposed to smell like roses and flowers and pretty things. But, I mean, we have to be realistic here. And I believe it really originates and goes back to the woman's diet so each woman will have their own odor I don't feel like we're supposed to smell like anything in particular I mean if you smell too good you know that you're using something to get to that smell and if you smell bad you know you're not using enough of something to get to the correct smell so either way you're doing something too much or too little right I think just based off of it being a microbiome like your vagina the actual Mm -hmm. vagina is a moist cavity of the body At some point, it's going to smell like something, but what it smells like is what brings up the issue. You should be wary of, like, fishy or strong odors, but you're going to have a natural smell regardless. Those are pheromones. That's what causes an attraction between you and your counterparts. Right. Um, It's always going to smell like something, and if you don't like how you smell, just like Octavia said, you should probably change what it is that you're consuming. absolutely but of course if you having a you know a foul smell or a fishy smell 
that's definitely not a recommended odor. In that case, you definitely want to go to your gynecologist. That can sounds like some type of, you know, disease or illness or, you know, infection that you can possibly have in with those type of odors. Right. I read a women's wellness book. I had to get the name of the book. I, it was only an excerpt of it. It's basically a holistic approach, like getting back to your feminine wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically says there are three main odors that women should always be wary of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something strong like ammonia that, oh, is the, yeah, that brings up like maybe there's a chemical imbalance within yourself. If a there's something that you could be taking, mm-hmm. yeah, or if it, yeah, like some medication that you're taking or something that you're using, it can come out in the smell of your vagina. Like, Absolutely. it should never smell like a chemical reaction in your panties. That's just mm-hmm. not right. Or if you have that staining in your underwear, so like if you're wearing black underwear, you can see like the, you know, acid, those acid stains. Yes, that. Discoloration. You can definitely tell there's a chemical imbalance there. And then another one is um, if there's like a yeasty smell, like it'll like literally it'll smell like bad bread. Um, <laughs> right, definitely. <laughs> and then because, you know, some people they have discharge, but then they can't really tell like if it's an issue or not. And we'll talk about that later. But like if you Absolutely. have discharge and then there's a yeasty smell, like it smells like some old bread or something, that's something to be wary of. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, you not probably got BV or yeast infection. Yeah. And what was the third one? Well, yeah, like you said, a fishy odor. Nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, that's an infection or an imbalance of some sort. Also, like, you probably need to look into what you're eating with the latter two. Definitely. Okay, so let's talk about discharge. Like, is mm-hmm. it normal to have discharge? Absolutely. Now, again, what type of discharge, that's where you're going to, you know, come into the issues. I feel like, you know, a normal discharge is kind of like clear, watery, doesn't really have like a foul odor. You know, you, you know, sniff your underwear or something. It's not anything that's like, oh, my gosh, it's like roses and flowers or it's not foul. It's like, you know, in between. Well, you what about like You've been at work all day. I'm sorry. What about consistency? I think like a watery type of consistency, not the mucusy, or not like white or thick, but more like just clear and it's watery. That's definitely normal. And definitely not if it's like yellow or anything. Definitely not. If you have any type of greenish or yellowish, you know, color um, discharge, that definitely is a, a telltale sign of an infection. I've actually heard that there's like, I I don't know how true this is. I want to do more research on it, but I heard that mm-hmm. there's like three different types of wet, like when it comes to your actual, um, like when you're ovulating and you have that natural mucus that comes out when you're ovulating. Right. I heard that there's like three different types of um, moisture that goes on there, and it's really based on how much chlorophyll you have in your body. But I want that would definitely make sense. I want to do more research on it because I just want to understand more about. It. I want to be out here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Right, girl, I understand. Trust me, but it sounds like it could be right. I'm like, okay, you sound like you ordered something. But I want to <laughs> look into that too. <laughs> okay, so like when it comes to smell, like what kind of, what kind of like. Do you know if there are any herbs or any fruit that are directly related to 
like the consistency of your discharge or how it smells? Well, if you're what do you mean? If you're looking for more of like a sweet kind of taste or smell when it comes to your vagina. Well, you know how people they be talking about like pineapples and Oh, definitely. Absolutely, honey. Definitely. Cranberry juice, <laughs> pineapple juice, mangoes, um cherries, strawberries are good. What about coconut um, water? Definitely coconut water, but you want to make sure it's like the the real coconut water. Like I don't Check like out the jelly. Yeah, you know, out of the little carton. I don't like that. I mean, it's a guy that's, you know, at the store and he'll, you know, bust open the coconut for you, put the straw in there. That's what I want. Okay. That is so refreshing. But I mean, if you can't access that and the only thing you can get is, you know, the little carton one, that's fine. But it's that I just don't think it's real. Like real coconut water, if you don't drink it within like twenty four hours, it's going bad. Right. So what about, because I remember you had posted something one time about the papaya seeds. Oh, yeah. I use that for um, a parasite cleanse. Oh, okay. So does papaya do anything for your ovaries, though? You know what? I believe, I'm not going to lie, before, like, I've been using papaya seeds as a parasite cleanse for, like, a year and a half yet now. And I just actually tasted the raw papaya because I would throw it away. Something about it was like, no, you're just not going to like it. But then I started actually liking it, and then I eat it now, and I do put it in my smoothies. But it does have a lot of great health benefits, but that I can't really, like, outline in my head. I definitely know about the seeds, but the papaya, I just started eating. Okay. It's good, and it's sweet. No, because I was reading something about, like, the consumption of certain fruits and vegetables and how they correlate, like, in their body and they said that things that like fruits that are abundant in seeds they're typically right. better for the feminine body just because well like it's I, like they it's a correlation to your ovaries carrying seed carrying um a, i was gonna say it kind of if you think about like a papaya cut open it does mimic you know the the illustration of the ovary so i can see that it does have a health benefit that will make a lot of sense actually. so they was talking about it was talking about things that are filled with seeds like passion fruits filled with seeds yes dragon fruit fruit. yeah kiwi all of those things like they would typically be um good for like just in the process of gestation or even in conceiving like it helps with fertility and stuff like oh yeah absolutely um, I also eat this um, one fruit. It's called rambutan. It's like that little hairy little fruit. It looks like little balls. Okay, I know. So what it has so many health benefits to it that it's like not even funny. I love that little thing. It's like it tastes like a like a sweet grape, but it looks hairy. It looks very very. Um, what is the word? It looks intimidating. So you probably would like walk past it and like, what is that? It almost looks like an urchin, like a sea urchin. Yeah, it's like a sea urchin. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It's really, really good. I never tried that. Girl, I'm scared of stuff like You have to try it. That's why I said it looks intimidating, but you won't regret it. Okay. Do you eat dragon fruit? Yes, I do. Oh, I love dragon fruit. I do. I love dragon fruit. You know what I do? I use it to make um, smoothie bowls. Yes, those are the best for smoothie bowls. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a smoothie in the morning. I'm slipping. I just went to the store early and got some stuff. I'm like, I'm going to make me a smoothie. I used to make one every morning. Me too. And I put some spirulina <laughs> in there. Yes, girl. Really? I, I use agave. Really? Yes. 
Oh my gosh, I love agave. Yeah, I'm gonna try that then. It's so yummy. Okay, so let's talk about internal treatment. Okay. Basically, I just want to talk about like some cleansers that you use to purify, like um, inside the vagina and detox and stuff like that. Now, number one thing I want to talk about is yoni pearls and yoni steam. Mm-hmm. So you've done the pearls before I haven't. Yes. And basically, like, what what is the process when you use it? Okay, so this was my experience with the pearls. So I bought them from Nini Sim Health. And basically, she has pretty clear instructions on there. But just to be on the safe side, I wanted to try them out. So I bought a mini packet, um, with which came um, with three pearls. So, of course, I didn't want to insert all three pearls all at once because I wasn't sure how my body was going to react to it. So what I did was I insert one pearl. And it has like a dental floss string on the bottom. So you kind of unravel it and the bottom string, you know, hangs on the outside of your vagina. So you can, you know, pull it out once it's time to come out. And I left it in there for 24 hours. And yeah, I don't know. It's like a, like a lining, like your membrane lining or something comes down. Um, things that they said were, you know, left in from when, you know, you had, you had your last period. It pulls down sometimes like that old, like the brown, you know, blood mm-hmm. with the dark discoloration. Sometimes, I don't know what it like it put on. It looks like, because I initially started taking them because I had fibroids and I wanted to shrink them. And I heard that the pearls were, you know, excellent with that. And I looked up all the, you know, ingredients that were in it. So I did some research for a while before I did it. And I started looking up, you know, reviews on YouTube. And so I'm seeing some of the girls' experiences and what was coming out. And that junk was scary. I don't know what the heck that was. Like, I believe I still have a picture on my phone, but it, like, freaked me out. I'm like, what is that that came out? And it was, like, a lot of stuff. And then I started using them for a couple of months. And then after a while, I stopped using those. And then I went to Yoni Steaming. And you love, because I know that I like steams. And, you know, you love steams. Yes. I love them. Oh, my God. I love steams. (laughs) Okay. So, the pearls, I've never tried them before but somebody actually right and i'm so grateful that i found a black obgyn because listen <laughs> um it's like they get it she i she when i found she was black that was a plus and then when i spoke to her and she looked over my history because they wanted to put um when i i had to have surgery to get some cysts removed mm-hmm. and it was quite a few i think i had maybe like six on each side Really? Yes. So I had to have it was an emergency surgery too because I had just What do you think they originated from? I I thought that maybe it was just a simple imbalance, but it could be some mm-hmm. I I pre, I'm pretty sure that it's something deeper in my OBGYN and she she feels like it might be something deeper too because I know that previously I had had within the last 4 years I've had 3 miscarriages. Really? Yes. So it was actually shortly after a miscarriage that they found the cyst and I right. had to have an emergency surgery to get them removed. And um, from that point, they were just telling me that I had uh, um, an overactive uh, uterus. Like it was just, it, really? it, it, pro- it produced basically... Like, you know how when they tell you if you eat a lot of meat, you basically take on the hormones from that meat? Absolutely. And it and so basically, like, I was, uh, my 
menstrual cycle was equivalent to that of a larger animal they were saying mm. and so they okay. said the only way to fix it was to put me on a birth control and then start from scratch and you know that's that's how they push their agenda because absolutely we know that hospitals and affiliated doctors they're pushed by pharmacies and what oh, they have to offer Big Farm has everybody in their pocket. Yes. So I found But the reason I was asking because I haven't really done a lot of research on cysts itself, but I have done some research on fibroids. And through my research, I found that most people believe that the fibroids originated from relaxers. Oh. So I was wondering if it was the same for cysts, but I'm not sure. I feel well, you know. There was a period, that period when we were working together that I had cut my hair and I was getting relaxers. Right. So you didn't have them assist before then? No, I I didn't have any. I had had a miscarriage during, before that time, but I had two shortly after, like, around that season. So, um... I found this OBGYN because I wanted to switch doctors because my old doctor was trying to put me on um, the depo shots instead of, because I said I was very adamant and not about not being on a oral contraceptive. Right. And so he says, because at the time I was trying to conceive, I was trying to have a baby. And um, he was like, well, the only way to get this under control is if we do some type of contraceptive and then we start you over with um, maybe some hormones. So he wanted to put me on depo and I was like, that's not going to work. And because uh, I was reading through the side effects of depo and a big red flag was mental health. And that is uh, um, that's something that runs in my family on one side. So I was like, no, nah, we're not even going to tempt this. I the new OBGYN. She was black. That was a plus. I went to talk to her and she was like, oh, well, how long have you been on um, Depo-Vera? And I was like, well, they only did one round, but that's the whole point of me trying to look for a new doctor now. She was like, okay, well, they sent me the results from the hospital and everything seems non-cancerous. You're healthy. Um, We can get you down to a feasible way if we can get you down to a feasible way i want to do some research and find a way for us to get you off of birth control because i don't think that's an option for you and i said okay and then um i went back she said it was gonna take her a couple of weeks i went back and she told me to try any different approaches to your regimen and how you like and how you live and i was like what exactly do you she said a lot of things that we deal with as women is, are tied to what we consume and people don't detox the way that they should I, I was like okay I'm listening and so she said if you want to do this like there's a certain way that you can do it without medicine but it it regard it would require you to make some serious life changes so she gave me a nutritional list she told me things that I might want to do instead of taking the medicines that I was taking for my um, sickle cell issues and my anemia issues. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, well, what do you do as far as your uterine health? And I was like, what exactly do you mean? I said, I've tried to steam and I take, um, I take prenatal. She said, no, we need to do more than that. She was like, you need to think of, other, you need to do research on other ways of detoxing. She said, have you tried Yoni Pearls? And she was talking about how um, she had 
<clears throat> she had seen a study done of a woman that did she used yoni pearls and um she whatever it was that clean that it cleaned from her system from her sacral area um mm-hmm. she kept a sample of it and she brought it to her doctor and they researched whatever it was that came out of the way. she was like it's basically just a piece of your uterine lining and mm-hmm. this is simple stuff that should come out like he, she was saying, like people that are vegan or people that have a strict diet and what comes in, what comes in of inside their body, this is stuff that happens to them all the time, and then it happens to because we, because typical people eat so much that is uncontrollable, like the hormones and food and meat that has been over-processed and sugars that are cancerous to our bodies. They say, like, when stuff like this happens, when you detox and things like this happen, you're in such awe of what comes out of your body. And just think about your body has been holding that much stuff for how many years? And that just changed it for me. I still haven't tried the Yoni Pearls yet, but it made a big difference in what I started to um, consume and how I viewed food and how I viewed taking care of my body. So, yes. Absolutely. I was just grateful. And I guess, like, that's, that just brought up this whole journey for me, like you're talking about feminine wellness, because I think it's important for women to know that there are other options as opposed to just relying on the doctor, praying and working, um, staying in a group chat. Like it's more to it than that. You have to do some personal work, too. And part of that is educating yourself. Absolutely. I but I digress. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about these Yoni steams because you know so much about it, and I just want to ask you because I know that I buy them, but we already spoke, and I think that the person that I purchased them from, she buys hers wholesale. So, what's the difference mm. between people who get them wholesale and then um, set them up for retail, and people who actually cultivate the herbs, um, the herb blends themselves? That is a great, great question. Um, I can just say for me personally, because I have such um, a close and personal relationship when it comes to feminine health and really educating myself and really making sure that I'm giving the right information. I don't know. I kind of get involved in it for me Um, when I mix my blends. um, They're kind of customized to each woman because each woman has a different problem. So I wouldn't personally just, you know, get prepackaged blends. Like, I want to know what herbs are in here. I want to know if they're fresh, if they're organic. I want to know if they've been sprayed with pesticides. I want to know what are the healing properties of each one. You know, what is it going to do for me as far as my, you know, vaginal health is concerned and, you know, the healing properties and just, I don't know, I really get into it. So I feel like you have people that do that and you have some people that, you know, go online and just purchase them in the bulk and just prepackage them and sell them. But it just really depends on, you know, that woman and what, you know, her overall purpose is for, you know, doing the Yoni business. Some people look at it for dollar signs. Some people have, um, you know, a passion for helping people heal. Well, so do you know of any, do you know, sorry, do you know of okay. any brands that um, right now take a, a more in-depth, intentional approach as to what kind of steams they offer? 
Actually, I haven't. Like everyone I've kind of came across, they pretty much is pretty consistent with the herbs that they use. Okay. Well, like when you seen, because I I know that it helped. It helped me with my um my menstrual pain, and mm-hmm. I've noticed that because I've had to regularly when I go get my annual exam I've had to get ultrasound just so they can check my uterine lining because as I said before when I was eating more meat it was thicker so they've been monitoring it to make sure that it's like the normal lining of a human woman my size right um so I noticed that it was thinner my uterine lining was thinner but I haven't had any like expels of any membranes or any large masses like people explain with a yoni pearl have you noticed that when you steam if there's any Mm -hmm. expels of large masses or anything like that no not at all more so with the pearls not the steam okay so I guess that's the difference between them yeah, I feel like yeah, I've never had that experience with steam. Actually, now that I think about it, Mm-mm. but it Nothing does came out. I guess I did it more so for wound healing and really like healing certain blockages that I had, or wanting to reconnect with my womb, or you know, some things like that. It was more so of a ritual, like a spiritual thing for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I wasn't. I mean, I would do it pretty regularly, like after my period. But it was also when I started, you know. Eat, kind of going back to eating um, more, you know, junk food and things because when I was like 100% plant based, I didn't breed at all. Really? No. Wow. Not at all. <laughs> and it was weird because I was coming across some information that would speak against it. Like, you know, bleeding of any type for a long period of time out, your, out of any parts of your blood is considering hemorrhaging. And they said it's not natural. So they'll tell us that, you know, women that bleed, like their bleeding is not natural every month. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Because a part of it is like, you know, we were taught that our menstrual cycle is healing. Mm-hmm. It's cleansing. I mean, yes. it's cleansing out I've your body. always been taught So that. I'm like, okay, is it possible that we've been taught that wrong too? Because what if it's not natural? Because when I'm eating the foods I'm quote unquote supposed to be eating, that you know, then I don't bleed. So I just thought that was like really, really weird. And I definitely saw a difference in the consistency in my vagina, the odor, you know, doing sex with my period. It just, it changed. And then my period also started to align with the moon. Like it was really, crazy. yes. Every full moon, I had a period. You could like clockwork. Oh, wow. I was like, what in the heck? It's going on because my period has kind of always been irregular and kind of did what it wanted to do. So you never know when it's going to come on. It's going to surprise me. And that's really weird that you mentioned that because there was a moment where I was, and I was very young. I mean, I don't even think I was in high school yet. My entire family, like my mom had all of us, we all went vegetarian for a good while. And um, I thought something was wrong with me because I was irregular um and now that I think about it it wasn't really irregular it would just it would come I could kind of predict when it came but it was just longer periods in between like the cycle was longer you know what I mean like I would have a longer period in between each menstrual cycle and it wouldn't last very long. Like, maybe I have a menstrual cycle for maybe, like, two or three days. And then it'll be another three or four months. And then it would come. 
and that and during that time I was vegetarian like we weren't vegan I still had cheese and I still had eggs and stuff but I was vegetarian and I'm just trying like now that you mentioned I'm just noticing like wow like I really didn't bleed very much Mm-mm. but first it shortens to three days and then it'll get really really light and then I also noticed that it was like bright, bright red, I guess, which indicated that I had more oxygen flowing, you know, within my bloodstream because I just was like eating and drinking. I was eating like extremely clean. And let me just say, when you were vegan, your skin. Oh, oh my gosh. Your skin is like, ugh, it's like perfect. It's just glowing and stuff. Yes. The only thing I didn't like is I got so small, so this time I'm transitioning myself back in slowly and I'm going to, you know, teach myself how to maintain a healthy weight on a plant-based diet so I don't get like super, super skinny and lose all my butt because that wasn't fun. <laughs> that wasn't fun. That's <laughs> funny because like when, when um black people or when Spanish people start losing weight, that's the first thing they think. That's the first thing they go like, oh, I'm not going to lose my, my body. <laughs> exactly. Listen. I need this ass a little right in these little fashion over dresses. The little $10 dresses get you in there, honey. When you got to turn to the side and stuck your, your stomach in just right and your butt like poke out. But girl, not when I lost all that weight, girl. I didn't want to stand to the side. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my God. I couldn't even poke my little hip out, you know, to create the little illusion. Like, girl, it wasn't working. I was about to get on the sink. Oh my God. <laughs> Take okay. it back to middle school. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so we talked about pearls, we talked about steams, cleansing oils. Now I know you said you don't know anything about it and you're not into like suppositories very much, right? Like- I mean I tried them before because at one point before I did change my diet, I used to get that bacteria vaginosis thingy all the time and when I tell you I tried everything I was like a slave to it like I was trying everything from vagin cell to that refreshed up to the suppository to the it was just ridiculous and I just could not understand why and now that I really look back on it I used to be so addicted to sodas like I would drink at least four to five sodas per day I either go through a phase of Mountain Dew or I go through a phase of you know Dr. Pepper when my period came on I'm getting two big bags of Tussie Rolls and I just ate so nasty and then me taking baths and it was all the time without me you know putting you know the Epsom salt or the Himalayan sea salt that I do put in there now to balance out the water so I don't get an infection or something but it was just a mess so back then I tried all that stuff but afterwards I kind of stopped using them so I haven't used them in a while because I now kind of feel like my perspective has changed when it comes to putting stuff up our vaginas and I'm just like nah I think I'm good Okay, well, I know um, when it comes to suppositories, I use them. Not all of them, but I do use, like, I use boric acid. Um, mm-hmm. Like, if I feel like I'm getting busy, if it just smells, because it, for the most part, I don't smell, but if it smells, like, not normal, I'll be like, okay, let me see if I can do something about this. And I know that um Right. I'll try bentonite clay inside like as a suppository before 
Mm-hmm. Um, just because of its cleansing properties, like it really detoxifies the body. And I didn't really notice a difference with that, but when I use it topically, I do notice a difference. We'll talk about that later. And when it comes to like oils, I've been told that um because my sister she cleans with oils as well. She doesn't use the vaginal soap like I do, but she uses oils. She uses coconut oil. Um, I've heard of primrose oil and um, sometimes using tea tree oil, but not a lot of it because, you know, tea tree oil is very strong. Um, when you use those oils, I heard that it helps with cleaning and keeping like like if you use it as a suppository, it helps with keeping it clean and detoxifying everything up there. But when it comes to suppositories, it is basically a personal preference. Um, there are largely like you can find a full spectrum on what professionals or what holistic um what's the word I'm trying to say? Like if you talk to a doula or if you talk to somebody that is very mm-hmm. um well taught in feminine wellness and divine like healing they right. there's a large spectrum on how they feel about suppositories some people feel like you should like it's okay to use them but don't use it as a patch to like get to the root of the problem like you shouldn't be using no boric acid like every time you have an issue with your vagina or every time you feel like you got a yeast infection you need to be trying to get down to the root of why you keep getting these yeast infections and then there are some that just feel like you shouldn't use it at all like if you change your diet and you have the right intentions about yourself then that wouldn't be necessary for you in the first place and I feel like that's kind of what I'm leaning towards that. Uh, yeah, don't put nothing up there. I mean, I still use tampons because I just can't do the whole pad thing. And I don't know about the whole Diva Cup. Uh, maybe one day, <laughs> but no time soon. Um, just not that adventurous yet. <laughs> but uh, but my tampons definitely have to be organic. If it's not organic, I the difference. I start getting cramps. My stomach starts to hurt. Like, it's just a hot mess. So they, like, have you have tried the organic. ones with hemp fibers? Oh, no, not yet. I think they're hard to find in Florida. You know, you can always order online, honey. You got a website. Yeah, I give it to you, girl. Yeah, send it to me so I can do some research. You know, I'm in the hemp stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so aside from suppositories, let's talk about like the outside part. So we're going to talk about like cleaning the vulva and and the pubic hair and stuff like that. Okay, so when it comes to landscaping in general, how do you feel about it? Mm. Uh, I'm kind of on a fence. Okay, so, I mean, you definitely, you know, don't want our men to get lost down there and don't want to, you know, create extra, you know, mess down there for no reason that we don't have to. Uh, however, I feel like, hey, if hair is growing on there for a specific reason, I feel like it's kind of like your first line of defense if, anything we're trying to you know get into your vagina to you know hence get caught in the hair and kind of protects it so I feel like a little bit of hair is fine but for me personally do I want it all bald no not for me I mean I've been told that like it's there for a reason you shouldn't really get rid of it like people can trim or whatever 
and because you know you you want somebody to be able to come to your yard or whatever hello right <laughs> but <laughs> without no problem I, you know? I, I feel like i i don't do it all the time but i do i wax and when i wax i go bald um but i basically just do it as a starting point every so often just to make sure that everything is right because like even when you, it's the same thing with your hair like you can wash your hair every day but every once in a while you're gonna need a trim or people feel like they need to start over or detox your hair so right. i just feel like for me it's easier like i i wash and i clean on the regular but um every now and then i like to just like strip it bare and start from scratch and with that I got like a lot of um ingrown hairs at first. Mm, okay. And um I'm the type of person I have extremely sensitive skin. So there are a lot of things that I cannot use. Uh but I heard that everybody knows that if you use turmeric, it helps with hyperpigmentation. And um, a lot of the reasons why we get ingrown hairs is because our follicles in our pores in that area are plugged. And the way that your hair naturally grows, especially for Black people with natural hair, um, the, spi- the, sh- the spiral of it is just a hard way to get through. It's hard for your... Um, it's hard for the hair to get through the follicles in the first place on the first layer of your skin. And then if you add on top of that, the fact that most of your follicles are plugged anyway with dead skin and all that stuff. Um, I just, uh, I just put put together and I was like, well, bentonite clay mask helps purifies your first layer and and your second layer of skin. And then turmeric helps with, hyperpigmentation so i would just make a clay mask the same way you do with your face a little bit of turmeric a little bit of um clay get you a little a little teeny bit of apple cider vinegar and um some oil i use avocado oil because the avocado oil is good for hair and i would just do a clay mask every so often whenever i get a full strip down there and it actually started to help not only did it help with um the ingrown hairs the hair actually started to grow back not as coarse as it was before so that's why i use it um Okay, so what about Yoni Soap? I mean, it's the same. I follow this one girl on Instagram, and she makes, oh my gosh, she makes these bomb Yoni Soap. She puts the 24 karat flakes in there, and it's all different colors, and all of these little, fem- girl, I'm going to send it to you. So, and she does all these different colors, and then she also makes the Yoni Soaps with different herbs in it, and they're infused with some of the herbs on top, like she'll have rosemary on top. Like, oh, my God, they're so bomb. So, I'm definitely on Yoni Soaps. <laughs> I love them, too. Um, there's a girl here in Orlando. She makes them. I haven't tried it, but my best friend uses it. And she says that um, they work pretty well. And I told you about the one girl that I use um, most of her products. That's what I currently have. And I like it. For the most part, I feel like it's not irritating to me at all. And the whole thing, let's be clear. When it comes to Yoni Soap, you are not using inside your vagina. Oh, God, no, please. Your perimeter area. The vulva, (laughs) Just the vulva. Like, get rid of the dead skin or anything that be on your pubic hair and stuff like that. 
that's what you're using this soap for. You're not going inside nowhere. <clears throat> but I think um I think that it's a good idea because when we when you use regular body soap, even the ones that are unscented, there are still harsh chemicals that shouldn't be used anywhere in that period. Let me tell you, I was so disappointed when I because you know we always pride ourselves, black people pride ourselves on using dove soap. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I found out it had pork and beef fat in there, I almost died. I was yes. like, excuse me? Yes. And that's wonder why we be having little odors and stuff down there. And then on top of that, it has like antibacterial properties too. So you're cleansing off the good bacteria that's in your vagina. Mm-hmm. You're creating a chemical imbalance and you're making yourself feel, smell fishy. All for some dove. Well, let's talk about that dove so Let me tell you something. Shame questions too. Shame is lard. They are not 100% vegan. No. They, they use lard and anything that's exactly simple, If it has a like there are um soaps that have natural scents they use um dry flowers herbs and uh, things of that nature but if it's a harsh smelling soap like if it's a law if it's a harsh perfume a very strong perfume nine times out of ten has some sort of alcohol in it and alcohol is not good for the vagina at all. It sure is not. It's a, it's gonna dry it. Oh gosh, no. So the number one thing when you even when you do even when you like if because I do provide a list for brands that sell at Yoni that are specifically for the vaginal air, the vulva. But even when you look at these, I always encourage you to do your own research because you might find something that he and Octavia missed. And it's very important for you to know what's going in and on your body as a person. (laughs) So um, when it comes to herbal blends, like as far as the themes or even if the people that use herbs in their soaps that they make, like what are some good herbs that are um, beneficial to detoxing and cleaning around that area? Do you know, Octavia? As far as in the themes? Like, if even if it's something that's, like, t- well, my idea is that if it's something that you can use in a steam, it's probably something that you can use on your skin as well, not necessarily inside that area. I'm trying to think, because pretty much for the same herbs that I mix for the steam, I use in a bath. Um, some of them, I mean... It, it depends on, you know, what you're looking for. I mean, you kind of put that special blend. You, there's herbs that you can use for hair growth. There's herbs that you can use that are good for your skin, that are calming agents, good for pain. Um, you can find some herbs that's good for um, just, you know, different things. Like for my steams, oh, it just depends on the reason. I'll use some basil. I've used some bay leaves. Um, I've used different flowers if I want something sweet if I'm doing it for like a love purposes where I really want to get back in touch with you know my my creative space you know my yoni then I will go ahead and use you know more sweet herbs if I'm looking for something that's you know cleansing after my you know my period goes off I'm going to use a different blend so it really just depends on what you're looking for and what you know your specific needs are Okay, so I just want to ask you about one in specific because I kind of got a few questions. Me and my sister, we said we're going to do research on it, like lavender, because I know that people use lavender as a calming agent and sometimes they use it for detoxing. I also um, read 
that you probably shouldn't have like lavender if you're pregnant do you know any like of the benefits from having from using lavender I mean, just me personally, I've just used lavender as a calming agent. I've made it into like a mist spray. It's sprayed on my kids when they're getting out of pocket and they kind of just calm them down. Um, I use it in my diffuser at night when I really want to just calm and chill out. So I always use lavender as a calming agent. So if a woman is experiencing some type of inflammation or something, you know, hot pocket down there or something you want to use this like a common agent just to calm you down relax the uterus you know relax the vagina walls relax you know your lips like just relax yourself so it really depends on again but i've only really used it as a common agent and no all herbs are not good for you know periods that's why it's i mean not periods all herbs are not good for um, pregnancy or even breastfeeding so you definitely want so that's why it's important to really go to somebody that have done the research to know you know which ones are going to be good because everything is not for everybody yeah because i know some people they have fertility issues and then they order stuff and it's like it's detoxifying and i'm like no girl you don't want nothing to fall out you trying to get something to stay in right it's like uh, I, I feel like we we see things that are um that list all these health benefits but we never really think about what our intentions are what we're trying to accomplish so like if you absolutely are uh, of course we need to detox our our bodies but if your main goal is for like if you're focusing on fertility then maybe you shouldn't be looking at detoxifying products in that way no if you're definitely looking for fertility you need to go to someone that specializes and do the and done the research to know which herbs are good because there are specific herbs that you could put together at least about five to seven of them put them together in the steam and they're going to be used for that specific reason so it really depends on again what you're looking for because there's so many herbs that you can use that are good for feminine health, that are good for the uterus, um, that are good for detoxifying, that are good for if you're having bacterial vaginosis, if you're having yeast infections, if you're getting, hey, if you have certain, you know, herpes, you know, if you have certain things going on, if you have a hormonal imbalance, there are different herbs for different things. Okay, so it's funny that you start mentioning those um, issues coming into play next thing on the list is physical health and how it affects our uterus or like how how we can use physical health to get back to a feminine wellness state um as far as diet goes we touched on this a little bit but can you just elaborate on how far or how in-depth food and toxicity consumption can affect us in our divine wellness and just how we are as women Absolutely. Um, Food is going to play a major role. Like we kind of talked about it again on how it could affect your pH balance, but just on a spiritual level, um, sometimes eating a diet that's heavy in consumption of meat or dead produce, what you're doing is not only you're taking on the hormones of those animals, you're taking on the pheromones, you know, if they weren't treated properly, if they were, you know, beaten if they weren't fed like all of those emotions and negativity you take on as you're consuming that and as women we hold all of those emotions and things into our womb so you you want to be really cautious of the things that you're consuming 
especially energy wise and being in your yoni like that's your your sexual energy that's your creative energy you go there for when you need certain things done if sometimes when you really get horny and then you just don't really use it to actual you know do sex but you use it to kind of sit there and use it to create and cultivate some type of energy towards you towards a project that you're working on like that is our sacred space so you really have to guard it with your life like when it comes to physical health like I've done you know um, of course you know doing kegels to make sure you're you know exercising that muscle and keeping it active especially if you know if you're going through like a period of celibacy and then also I've used the yoni eggs and even with the yoni eggs you can attach weights to the bottom of it and it can help with the, you know, physical health of your vagina with keeping it tight. Right. And I just want to stress, like, when it comes to your vagina and your uterus, like, that's basically the root of the female form. Absolutely. When you pull energy, you're pulling energy from that area as well as, like, your center place. But also, when it comes to negative things that you consume, like whether you're consuming toxic food, processed sugars, if you consume negative energy, or if you're cultivating negative energy, it all sinks down back to that area. So that's like your uterus is basically like your second heart. Whatever the issues of your spirit is or whatever the issues of your heart is, it's going to magnify in that, in your sacral area. So when it comes to that, really have, and I don't want to be no hypocrite. I'm still still battling with that too. I am in no way trying to say that I am just this, like 100% holistic person. Absolutely. I'm not either. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm just more so speaking it from energetic wise because you know that's our sacral chakra or whatever and that's you know again where we hold our emotions you know our creativity our sensuality so all of that is going to play a major role in the overall health so we're going to talk about health we got to talk about on the spiritual level too yes well let's talk about it then (laughs) i'm a big advocate of toxic thinking um having an avenue to your physical health especially with your uterus listen girl depression anxiety the pissed off days that you be having all of that has an effect on your uterus you think that it's just because you land with a nasty nigga sometimes oh my god (laughs) i'm just saying like that's really what it is (laughs) no like in all honesty like we we talked about this okay so if you have negative thoughts or if you fall into a state of depression mentally some of that comes from a chemical imbalance, correct? Absolutely. So it just goes into understanding that... An emotional imbalance as well. Yeah, if you have a chemical imbalance, then you're going to have emotional imbalance. And a chemical imbalance, 9 times out of 10, is going to affect your pH balance. And what's the number one organ that runs off of your pH balance? It's your vagina. So sometimes you just being stressed out is the reason why you have a yeast infection. I'm just saying so um i also want to talk about microaggressions and trauma so i know that before you asked about what microaggressions are it's basically just little i don't want to say COVID because they can be outright too blatant little Mm -hmm. 
gestures or statements or actions that happen to identify that you are different or to make you feel less than and the number one way that this happens is um with race and also with gender so right I explained to you before that I am the only, I am the youngest person in my um professional office, in my professional environment, and I'm also the only black person in my professional environment. And some of the microaggressions that I deal with, they're, I don't even want to say that they're intentional. I feel like they're subconscious and unintentional because these are that were cultivated in a certain type of lifestyle and they're not used to dealing with people that are adversely different from them and um it just happens every day and I talked to you about like how I'm constantly feeling like I'm in a state of duality where I have to put a face on and even if somebody says something offensive and they didn't mean it I have to bite back on my reaction because the moment that I let that Kiana come out and I express those natural emotions that come from being offended, it um I'll have a staple on me that I have attitude or I don't know how to deal with conflict or I'm too aggressive, you know, how they always see us as an angry black woman. And when I have that pent up inside of me, it it, it turns into stress. And stress can unfold into different things like cysts or fibroids or bacterial vaginosis or vaginitis, things of that nature. And um, also trauma can do that as well because we all have our inner child within us and there are microaggressions that we dealt with growing up some people dealt with homosexuality and didn't know how they could do how they dealt with it and throughout your entire life of growing up it you had family members and people around you treating you different because they knew that something was different about you and they didn't necessarily want it to happen those are the type of microaggressions and traumas that we deal with and when we don't address them as we're growing up because they get so lost in our inner child that we don't even know why we having some of these feminine issues that we have. Okay, That's so when it correct. comes to that, like, what are some of the things that we can do to kind of, like, stop the cycle at this point? Well, I think step one is, you know, acknowledging that there is a cycle. A lot of people don't really sit back and, you know, look at their grandmothers and mothers and really realize the, you know, generational cycles and the generational curses that they are also playing into the same cycles. And so one day somebody realizes it and they stop the cycle. So you have to acknowledge it first. And it could be different things for different people. Um, I've seen anything from, you know, domestic violence. I've seen, you know, teenage pregnancies. And I've seen, you know, the attraction of the same type of man over and over again because of the same um, subconscious thinking that is passed down from generation to generation, which is also passed down in the womb, actually. So when we're in our mother's womb, her, her emotional state affects us, her mental state affected us, and we take a lot of I that say on. that all the time. Like, when I tell people, when they have issues with their significant other or the person that helped get them pregnant, I'm like, you have to you like even you want you want the man to step up and be a man right but 
you can only control your ecosystem. And right now, that baby that's in your stomach is your e- is like that's in your ecosystem. You need to make sure that you have the most pristine and peaceful pregnancy possible. Don't seek a conflict with somebody that's not ready to be the person that they have to be for that child. You have to make sure that you do your part because everything that you have within you, spiritually, divinely, physically, that baby is going to consume. Right. So when it comes to like, okay, we talked about trauma and how we can, how it, the steps that we can take in like dealing with our trauma and our microaggressions that damage us progressively. Let's talk about how the actual encounters cosmically and divine. And when I say cosmically, cosmically means related to the universe and the cosmos, right? So I'm not necessarily talking about like our characteristics. I'm more so talking about the way that we think in the universe, like the energy that we put out, our state of mind. We know that there's power and there is there's power of life and death in the tongue. So like I'm basically just talking about our intentions with um and then the way that people have the intentions that they have when we encounter them. So how like how can we fit how can we control those things? Like what is what because I know that you like you you a bit more advanced in this than I am because I'm still struggling with changing my thought process because I know how it affects my body. But you come a little bit farther than me. How exactly do you handle like your cosmic and your divine encounters with like um everything negative out there in the world and also the people that are broken around you that you still have to encounter with daily? Um, I definitely think it's just being cognizant of your own energy and understanding that you are responsible for your own energy. And typically what that means is you're responsible for what you allow and how you allow certain situations to affect you mentally. I've always tried to, I mean, you, you have two separate ways you can handle everything or two different perspectives. You can look at it from a higher perspective or you can look at it from a lower perspective. My lower perspective will be low vibrational thinking. That's a fear of anger. And I try to stay away from that, like confusion, misunderstandings and stuff like that. So I try to avoid a lot of situations now just because I just, I'm just like really, really protective of my energy and what I give my energy to and what I feed because I understand whatever I feed is going to grow. And so if I really, if I really don't want it to grow and I definitely want a problem to grow, I try to give it as less attention as possible. And even if I find myself giving it more attention than I want to, I try to curb that way of thinking by, you know, making affirmations or whatever that are really like I, I create affirmations in my head all the time. And I will sit there and just keep saying them and saying over my head until I like reprogram the way that I feel about a situation. And I can wake up the next day and look at it with totally different eyes. Like ain't nothing happened. Okay. I just keep moving. But it definitely takes time. It's something is not going to happen overnight. It's extremely hard to do. It's like really learning how to deliberately manifest, you know, the things that you want to create or things that you want to, the type of energy you want to allow into your vortex. Like you kind of decide. Okay, what you and want. I, it just goes like I just want to put this out there that 
the things that we are addressing specifically as it relates to um spiritual encounters mental encounters cosmic encounters and how it relates to your sacral area and your uterus like this is this is not just spiritual stuff it's also scientifically proven like we know that prayer and meditation and um what what else is it oh and even telepathy all of those things they've been scientifically mm-hmm. proven based off of brainwave activity and the results that they have there are even studies that have been done that women that suffer from um chronic infertility women that have large cysts and fibroids in their body like there was one woman she um she had a she had a tumor in her uterus that was actually in the shape of a child and it she, she said it felt like she was in gestation like she was pregnant for more than three years and they found that it was just a tumor that she had and um, there are there's a number of women that are just like her that have these large tumors where they feel like they're pregnant or they have issues with getting pregnant and they all have traumas that they suffer in their life that have put them in a state of bondage mentally like they have issues with the way that they think of themselves they have issues with how they with how they think they have mental problems like schizophrenia bipolarism stuff like that and there are also studies that prove that women that have divine health they have a abnormal um positive wavelength when it comes to meditation and a prayer life so this is not stuff that's just being made up this is actual proven things out there right. like sometimes sis it's not just the nigga sometimes it's you <laughs> it's you <laughs> hello we got to keep it real about, and take some and accountability just, here. <laughs> like, it's not just saying that there's something internally wrong with you. Sometimes it's you have to sit back and think, like, why am I attracting these type of men? And you also have to be wary of what man is in your in your area that you allow him to come into your garden because come not necessarily, like, mm-hmm. he, he don't have to be, he can be a positive person and still be eat, consuming nasty shit. So if he eating McDonald's yep. and you completely vegan, you can't expect for your garden to just be all daisies and roses all the time. Mm-hmm. So you did, that's the one thing that you have to be wary of. Yes, you have to sit back and do like some internal energy work to kind of figure out what's wrong with your inner child. But you also have to be wary of um, your encounters that you have. So he can be a positive person and still not be a healthy person. Mm-hmm. I think we covered it. Is there Absolutely. something else that you want to add, Octavia? I mean, no, you pretty much hit it on the head. That's definitely true. You definitely want to be, you know, conscientious of your partner's diet because you can't be, you know, 100% plant-based and he's not. Even the way you just want to look at things as a whole, like how's this person thinking? Um, is this person, you know, stressed out all the time? You don't want that stressed out energy on you. You take it all that in. Like, how's this person, you know, thinking? Is Does this person 
action oriented. This person sitting here complain all the time. Like, what type of energy are you taking in? Who are your friends? How is your mother? How is your, you know, relationship with your mother? How's your relationship with your father? Typically, you're taking in all that. Like, what are his traumas? What is his karmas? Like, what type of, does he have any demons on him? Like, it's all type of things that you could be taking on. So you definitely have to be, you know, it's all so that. funny that you said that because I think I mentioned it in one of my previous episodes. Like I think it was Fuckboy on um, Surviving a Fuckboy. Girl, yes. <laughs> I talked about this. I talked about your intentions and um thinking of the way, like the flags that you have to look for and um identifying the fuckboy. Sometimes the nigga's a fuckboy and he don't even know it, but you have to ask the right questions to see what his response is. You also need to pay attention to his outside relationships. The picture that he paints of himself in confrontations and falling outs and things like that, you have to pay attention to those things because at the end of the day, when things go wrong, we have to take some accountability. Yes, people are responsible for their own actions, but he can't just have done you wrong. There are things that led up to that. Maybe you didn't ask the right questions. Maybe you looked over the red flag. But I know that I talked Absolutely. about this before, but we got that's a doubt for another day. <clears throat> so we I think we covered everything, Octavia. Um, I do when we get through with this, I guess I'll ask you about it later so that I can put it in the description. Um, I just wanted to go over like some of the products that you like to use or some regimens that you have for your own feminine wellness. Um, just so I can provide people with like a short list. And also, do you um are you ready to plug your business in? Are you not start you 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 haven't started yet? Which one honey? Well, things, like whatever <laughs> you know what, matter of fact, I'ma just give it all to you. Whatever you want to talk about, just <laughs> give your name, your social media, what you're trying to do right now, and I'll make sure that I put it in the description for you as well. Okay, not a problem. Thank you so much for that. Um, so basically, again, my name is Octavia Barnes. You can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Righteous in Ratchet. That's R I G H T E O U S. The number N. I mean, the letter N as in Nancy. Ratchet underscore, which describes me perfect. <laughs> like I'm pushing this whole balance movement. That's my theme for the year: being balanced within everything I do. But um, basically, you know, by trade, I am a hairstylist. I do, you know, godless locks, faux locks. Um, I'm definitely into everything beauty, but I'm also into alternative um, health or holistic health. So I'm into the herbs. I'm into the crystals. I burn my stage. I listen to my trap music. I'm just, you know, balanced when it comes to everything in my life. I have an online CBD oil company that I'm actually pushing right now. And I'm actually also... I'm launching my feminine wellness um, line, which, you know, my first products will be my Yoni Steams. And I will have, you know, two Yoni Steams um, that'll be just for everybody to purchase. One for, you know, gentle maintenance, one for more detoxing purposes. And then, of course, I'll have customized blends for women with um, specific needs. And, yeah, right now, that's just what I'm working on. Just really 
um, creating like a safe or a sacred space or a sisterhood where women can come together and really help each other heal. And when I mean healing, I mean healing on a financial level, healing on a spiritual level, mental, emotional, you know, and physical. Like we all need each other. We all have different, you know, knowledge, different information, different practices, different rituals that we believe in that can ultimately, you know, help a woman grow and evolve. And that's what we're here on earth to do. We're help, you know, we're here to learn, have experiences and elevate. So when we ascend out of here, you know, we can go chill it, you know, up with the most highs. And we, you know, we're out here burning, you know, because it's hot. I know that. I so. had something on Facebook <laughs> the other day. I was like, I'm not here to argue with nobody. I'm here to nobody. 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 That's it. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, I'll make sure that I put all of Octavia's information in the description. I'm also going to add like a small little list for some of our resources and where you and research and also look into feminine health products that are on a holistic approach because we're trying to get away from um, Western medicine uh, and the that big pharma <laughs> pushes for us as women. Um, I hope that you ladies stay golden and that you use this episode to also um, – Put in perspective the kind of woman that you want to be divinely because women are powerful creatures and we are very, um, we play a big role in the universe and what we have to offer. Uh, God made us in a specific image to do specific mm-hmm. things and the fact that we aren't living up to them for whatever reason is um, detrimental to the way that society is today. So just take this as a learning point, do some internal work, and we can all progress together. Also, I want to make a message to men that try to make women feel a certain type of way about a specific organ that you obviously know nothing about. Everything that we experience from odors to discharge, it may not be healthy, but it's normal. It arises in a certain type of way for specific reasons. It's how we learn about our body. It's how we learn to take care of our body. If you don't have a vagina, don't talk about how a vagina should smell, look, or be. That's just that on that. Thank you for listening to Sister Friend Podcast. Um, if you guys like it, then like it, share, subscribe. Um, you can always send me a message at let's talk at sisterfriendpc.com. And you know I want you to follow us on And um, you guys just stay golden. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>